let's have somebody who is a filmmaker. And, and for us, when you think about the history here of TV and film, it's quite rich. And it's a great canvas. I think most recently people think about succession or billions, but you could go back to even Law and Order, right? There are sort of endless number of, of shows that featured the city and certainly films. And so we, 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 we knew the catalog and we thought what a great opportunity for somebody at the beginning of their career to use this neighborhood as the backdrop. That's Jessica Lappin describing the Filmmaker-in-Chief program. She could have very well spent the money on an ad agency to show love to Lower Manhattan, but she didn't. She said, let's give 50K to an indie filmmaker. Welcome to First Time Go. I'm Benjamin Ducek. If you've heard something more amazing than that today, let me know what it is. Jessica is a politician, a business leader, is a president of the Alliance for Downtown New York, and now, well, now she's a filmmaker. She's greenlit a project that provides resources for an emerging filmmaker to shine in New York City. And not just anywhere, but Lower Manhattan. The home of Tribeca, home of the World Trade Center, home of the best neighborhoods in New York City. We start by talking about what exactly is the Alliance for Downtown New York. The Alliance recently announced they've started a new opportunity for independent filmmakers looking for a filmmaker-in-chief. Submissions are due February 16th at midnight or 11.59. But, and I'm excited to talk with you about that. But I'm curious if, since now you've greenlit a film, so are you watching at home like the Golden Globes or the Oscars and being like telling your family, look, that's me. Like, are, are you, do you see yourself that way? <laughs> I think that's very aspirational. An Oscar would be amazing. But I think <laughs> one step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. It's such a great program. And I'm really excited to talk with you about it. Before we do that, I'm interested to know, so our listeners know what the Alliance is. Can you talk a little bit about the Alliance and what you do? That, it's a great question. So we're, we're called a business improvement district. And they exist not just all over the city of New York, but all over the country. And most major cities have business improvement districts. And what we do is we're independent from the city, but we have a contract with the city to provide service to this neighborhood. So in this case, it's everything south of City Hall in lower Manhattan, essentially river to river. So what does that mean? We provide extra sanitation service, public safety service. We do outreach to the, the homeless. We run a free bus service around the perimeter of lower Manhattan. So we, we're keeping the neighborhood clean and green and safe. But on top of that, we have a marketing and communications team uh, that focuses on sharing with the world the wonders of lower Manhattan. And we do that in traditional ways. And uh, this is an example of maybe a, a slightly less traditional way. <laughs> and can you talk about your personal connection with lower Manhattan? Because I love Lower Manhattan. I if I don't know if you can see, but that's Gemma Bar there. I remember just like not going over 15th if unless it's a really special person. So I know it's a little bit of a softball to be asking the president of the Lions how much she loves Lower Manhattan, but can you talk just a little bit about why personally you love Lower Manhattan? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a born and bred native New Yorker. I, I grew up on 19th Street. And I, I think I've probably spent 
more of my waking hours in lower Manhattan than any other part of the city. And it's kind of funny, but when I was in high school, I went to a, a school called Stuyvesant High School, and we moved to Battery Park City my senior year. And that's when I first started to know the neighborhood. Now, this was in the 90s. It was a very different neighborhood then. But over time, I ended up working for the city council for eight years. I was a member of the city council for eight years. So my offices were either in City Hall proper or across the street at 250 Broadway. And then I, I came to take this job a decade ago at, at the Lower Manhattan, you know, at the Downtown Alliance. So it's funny, I have seen firsthand the evolution of this neighborhood over 30 years. And it's just, what's amazing about it is that it is the oldest part of the city the the architecture the history is incredible but it's had lots of ups and downs as we all know and it's a very resilient neighborhood that like everywhere in new york it's constantly changing and evolving and there's just a magic to it there's an authenticity to it it's just you know it's, it's a place where like more and more we've seen over time if you're coming to new york you want to spend time here you you feel like you have to come downtown yes Yes, I love that we have such a great advocate for Lower Manhattan. So, and we'll also have a filmmaker in chief. So, can you talk a little bit about how that program, how the genesis of that program came about, and and what the program is? Absolutely. So, uh, a few years ago, we launched something called Explorer in Chief, and it was an experiment. Again, it was a competition, similar, where we selected somebody who would live here for a couple of months and with still photography mainly, document the neighborhood. We announced this right before COVID happened. So then it took on a different meeting as time went by and we were emerging from the pandemic. And it was just, it was incredibly successful. We loved working with him. His images did extremely well, kind of captured people's imaginations and learned a lot about what was happening here. And so as some time passed, this is like the next iteration of it, of let's, instead of having an explorer in chief, let's have somebody who is a filmmaker. And, and for us, when you think about the history here of TV and film, it's quite rich. And it's a great canvas. I think most recently people think about succession or billions, but you could go back to even Law and Order, right? There's sort of endless number of, of shows that featured the city and certainly films. And so we, 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 we knew the catalog and we thought what a great opportunity for somebody at the beginning of their career to use this neighborhood as a backdrop. I love that so much, so much. And so it looks like the judges have a special place in the program as they're from the different neighborhoods. Can you talk a little bit about the judges? Sure. So we have put together a great jury of people who will select our our, our winner. And there are they are people who have a connection to the neighborhood and to the city. So we have Hadi Kamara, who is now the executive director of the Perlman Performing Arts Center, which just opened last year at the World Trade Center campus. We have Pete Torres, who is the COO of the Tribeca Festival until recently known as the Tribeca Film Festival. So certainly he knows a lot about film and the neighborhood. And in fact, the Tribeca Festival was founded to highlight and promote Lower Manhattan in the wake of 9-11. We have Kwame Amuaku, who is a deputy commissioner at the city's office of TV and film. We have Wynn Thomas, who has worked with Spike Lee 
and Spike Lee has filmed down here as well. And then I'm I'm on the panel as well, but I don't bring the same level of expertise <laughs> uh, that that the rest of them do. But you are in charge of the organization that brought this such a great opportunity. I talk to independent filmmakers almost every day, and they're all hurting for money, hurting for resources, hurting for attention. And this is something that the program provides $50,000, a place to stay while you're filming. I'll put in the show notes a link to all the specifics of the program. But it provides a ton of opportunity for an emerging filmmaker to be able to take the canvas of Lower Manhattan and make a beautiful film. So is it viewed, should be viewed as sort of like continuation of the larger New York film community. So like as a supplement. So if you are indie filmmaker in lower Manhattan, are you aware of other programs that this goes alongside with, or do you view it at, are there, is it mostly just through the universities, NYU's, uh, Columbia's, the film schools? Well, I think as you said, if you are starting out or maybe not even starting out, but passionate about making an indie film or short film, it's hard, right? It's hard to find the funding and it's hard to find the support that you need. So certainly the film schools, there there are, you know, again, through the mayor's office of TV and film, perhaps opportunities, but that's partly why we wanted to do this. This will be sort of a one-stop shop of giving you that boost of funding, giving you that support and helping to develop uh, whatever the final product will be, and then even sort of launching from there. So, you know, our our goal is to maybe fill kind of a a niche that isn't really out there and and hopefully, you know, we're going to get lots of great submissions and, and be on an exciting journey. Oh, I love this so much, Jessica. So let's say the judges love an idea and it's selected. Practically, how will the film be created? It looks like you're bringing on the director and the judges will be sort of viewed as producers or executive producers, or is that a role for the filmmaker as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize us in that sense. I mean, I think our our goal will be after somebody is selected, before they even arrive in Lower Manhattan. To, to work with them, to set some, you know, a timetable and some deadlines in terms of developing the script, if there's a cast, locations. So, so we want to have a good sense of, of where they're going before they get here and help them to, to flesh that out if need be. But really just to provide that direction and assistance, not not to, you know, we're not trying to take over the creative process here or have too heavy of a hand. We just want to make sure that they're on track and that whatever they're selected for is what they are pursuing. And then certainly, you know, again, at the end of, of you know, while they're here, help them as well if they need it. And then once it's finished, you know, go from there. On the website, it states that you're not really looking for a promotional video. So can you talk just a little bit about like what you are looking for and like will the director sort of have that final cut of like there, here it is, as long as it's not like I think on the website it says doesn't bring anything into public disrepute or ridicule? Right. I mean, I think you can understand why you know, we would have that concern. One, just given who, who we are as a not-for-profit that serves the neighborhood and the city. But but moreover, obviously, there are sensitivities in this neighborhood given the history, and we want to be respectful of everything that's, that's happened here and make sure that 
whatever is produced in, in the end sort of honors that. So nothing that's offensive or I, I, I think it's pretty it's pretty obvious what we're trying to avoid. But beyond that, I mean, really, the idea is just for this neighborhood to be a canvas. And we want to leave that as open as possible. So when we say when you say not promotional, right, we're not shooting an ad. That's right. not the goal here. If we wanted to shoot an ad, we'd You'd hire an ad agent. Right? <laughs> we shoot an ad. The <laughs> idea is just, you know, to however this filmmaker sees fit, highlight this neighborhood. It could be the architecture, it could be the history, it could be the people. It could be the vistas. You know, really, it could be about the place. It could be in the place. That's up for for the creative to de- to decide. So I'm sure you and I could sit here and talk about how all the places we love uh, about Lower Manhattan, like literally for the rest of the podcast, all the rest of my season of the podcast. But let's say I'm from Ireland and maybe I had never been to Manhattan or I've just seen it from, like you said, like a f- from the movies. What would you say to that filmmaker who wants to apply, like how should they think of Lower Manhattan? You're right. There are the icons that everybody associates, whether it's the Statue of Liberty or the 9-11 Memorial or the New York Stock Exchange, right? That the, the places that people can visualize and know and identify with the neighborhood. And that's for a reason. They're beautiful and iconic. But, you know, we have that history, but we have all the new. We have, we like to say, we're sort of the old and the new coming together. So we have the newest buildings, we have the hottest restaurants, we have hidden gems, we have fine dining to great slices of pizza and halal cards. So I think the biggest thing I would say is if you haven't been here and you think you know it and you don't, you're going to be really pleasantly surprised by what you will find. And I, I hear that even from friends who live in New York. They'll say, you know, I hadn't been downtown in a while and I was wandering around and wow, you know, it's it's not what I expected or it's not what I remembered. So, you know, it, it is a dynamic place. Certainly over the last 10 years, it's changed quite a bit. And I, I think I would say, I would encourage them to think about both the old and the new and the juxtaposition of the two. Oh, that's so awesome. And I think we'll find a new advocate for downtown in this filmmaker in chief. So with that fantastic group of judges that you have, do you have an idea of what you will do for the release of the film? Will it be on a festival circuit or will you sort of leave it up to the filmmaker to apply with the film on wherever they want it to go? So, you know, our goal would be, uh, or we plan to have a screening of the film. And then, you know, you mentioned festivals or other things. We will try to help, you know, in that route if that's something that they want to pursue. If it if it's something that's appropriate for a festival, clearly having, you know, having the expertise of Pete Torres is just an advisor. No, no commitments there, but you know he understands how festivals work. You know, we we want to support this person. We want as many people to see this final product as possible, right? So, but at a minimum, we'll be working to arrange a screening downtown. Awesome. I can't wait to see the film. This is such an exciting program. I look forward to promoting that film when it comes out. Again, applications are due February 16th. Should be exciting to see the winner. So Jessica, this is a filmmaker's podcast. And now, you know, I know you're super modest about it, but 
you you've greenlit a film you're a filmmaker so is there like a, is there like an indie film or some sort of film or filmmaker that you wish more people knew about that you're like man that's my favorite film i wish i wish more people saw that well ben you're giving me an opportunity for a shameless plug i bring was it on able, yeah <laughs> i was able to head out to uh, the sundance festival recently because my best friend from high school did produce a film called rob peace which is based on the New York Times bestseller, The Short and Tragic Life of Rob Peace, that was written by her husband, Jeff Hobbs. And it's a true story about a young man named Rob Peace who, against all odds, was able to get out of Newark and get into Yale on a scholarship. And where his life went from there, you can imagine from the title, it didn't end well, it ended tragically. And it's a story of, of, of race and class and struggles and where you fit in and how you fit in. And it, it's fantastic. And hopefully it will be available for people to stream or watch in theaters sometime soon. So I have to give that plug for Rob Peace. I just saw it a week ago. But I mean, the ones that are not unknown, you know, Brokeback Mountain, Little Miss Sunshine. I mean, yeah, those those are films that have become classics. Awesome, I I can go ahead and speak for indie filmmakers and just thank you for putting this program together. It really is fantastic. It really will make a difference in all the people that apply. If for if nothing else, you're giving hope to people who are struggling through this process through crowdfunding, and you very well could have just spent that. Money, all the money spent could have been like, hey, send it to an ad agency. We'll make a beautiful, you know, ad for Lower Manhattan, and I'm sure it'd be beautiful. But you decided to do something special and support an emerging filmmaker, and that deserves all the credit in the world. That's really awesome, Jessica. I'm so glad you came on to talk to me on the podcast, and I look forward to talking with the filmmaker in chief. Well, we can't wait for that either. Thanks for listening to the First Time Go podcast. The goal is to make life a little easier for independent creators. So if you're with me for that, please give the podcast a five-star review wherever you download your podcast. It's free and helps expand the reach for the creators on the show. Expanded membership is available through Directors Club. You get access to season one, early episodes when available, and other subscription benefits. Sign up now through Red Circle. The link is in the show notes. Check out the podcast YouTube channel if you'd like to watch a select number of episodes of the podcast and the indie film highlight posted every Sunday. Thanks again for listening and helping creators get their first time going.